It is an honor to have Curtis Lofton and I've been able to spend some time with Curtis and uh, we've been getting to know one another and I just really love Curtis. I love his wife, Jenny. I, I'm grateful for them and the witness that they are for Jesus Christ. And you know him as a great football player. You know him from the Sooners or from his NFL career and all of the accolades, but I love him more off the stage or off the platform there. But as just as a human being, as a man that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, I think you're gonna be blessed by his story today. Come on, people, church, would you put your hands together and would you welcome to this stage Curtis Lofton. Well, I always enjoy uh, talking to guys like Curtis and hearing their story because what you find out is that we're just all real people just all normal people. And I love Curtis's story because he's an Oklahoma boy. How many know where Kingfisher is? Come on, all of our locations, Midwest City, Northwest Oklahoma City, anybody know where Kingfisher is? Come on, ladies at Mabel Bassett, you know where Kingfisher is, our Indianapolis location, Kingfisher, Oklahoma. Curtis, would you just tell us a little a bit about what it was like growing up in Kingfisher, small town, Oklahoma. What was that like for you? Interesting. I like, to, I like to tell people there's more cows than people. And, uh, you know, on Friday nights, if uh, you wanted to really be in with the in crowd, you would drag Main Street and then park at Walmart and hang out. <laughs> and so we really enjoyed doing that. And, but at the same time, Kingfisher was so great in helping raise me because there were so many people that saw me along the way and grabbed me along and fed me and helped me out and helped me stay on the straight path. I mean, that's awesome. Tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, being in Kingfisher, your growing up years. What were just some of the, the challenges growing up as a maybe child or, or teenager and just your experience of growing up there in Kingfisher and family and just all the dynamics that we all can deal with? What, what were some of your just challenges of growing up, Curtis? Well, growing up for me <clears throat> was very difficult. Um, when I was eight years old, my mother went to prison and uh, my father didn't want to have anything to do with me. And so my grandmother took me in and, you know, at the time that was the best and that was a pivotal moment in my life because my grandmother, she was a Christian woman and she took us to church Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> and she didn't play no games. I, I remember one time uh, we hid the, we hid all the combs in the house. So, you know, she wasn't, we didn't comb our hair cause she wouldn't let us go to church with nappy hair. <laughs> so she grabbed a fork and combed our hair with a fork. So we was going to get to church and, uh, you know, but at the same time, uh, when I was going to church, I question if, how could this God that was all loving take my mother from me and not have my father in my life? And so I began to have insecurities and, you know, doubts and kind of question who I was. And, you know, and then I just continued to just to grow and I became an athlete and, you know, I was, we were poor and um, athletics gave me a way to balance everything out. It gave me my worth. It gave me who I was. I was Curtis Lofton, the 
middle linebacker. I was Curtis Lofton, the basketball player. I was Curtis Lofton, the track player, although I wasn't good at track, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so then I just went, went out through life and just, it was just so difficult. And I was, I was questioning and, you know, I was in church and God used me. I was in FCA. I was in all these other Christian activities, but my heart was so far from him. And, you know, God can still use you when you're jacked up. I used to go speak at youth groups and go speak everywhere. And afterwards, I just felt like such a hypocrite. And then I got to Oklahoma and, uh, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm a superstar. You know, I'm the number one recruit in the state. And uh, there's so much pressure on me to be perfect and to be a superstar. And, you know, I fell off. And... There for a while, you know, when I had my grandma there, you know, I was going to church, but when I'm in college, you know, you start doing your own thing. You start going on your own path. And, you know, I started doing some terrible things and not, not who I was, but there was people along the way who would grab me and put me back on course. And then after that, I, after college, I had a hard time. I actually didn't, I almost left Oklahoma, which nobody knows. Okay, let me ask this question. What, let me take you quick back to high school. What point in high school did you know that you were probably going to get a football scholarship? Was it sophomore year, junior year, went, went senior year in, in high school where you thought, I'm going to play college football? Man, in high school, man, you better go back to fifth grade. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, y'all hear that? <laughs> you know, you, as, as they say, you got to speak things, some things into existence. I have a best friend, Ryan Yak, and uh, we, he bet me. He said, Curtis, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I'm going to the NFL. And he started laughing. And I said, okay. I said, well, bet me $100. Now, back in the day, $100 was a lot of money. <laughs> and so he's like, I bet you $100. And he wrote it up on his board that uh, I wouldn't make it to the NFL. But when did you start getting recruited to play college football? Fifth grade? Uh, <laughs> seventh grade, no. Um, I went to, uh, I actually went to a couple of camps and I went to Oklahoma State camp and it was, at the time I was a sophomore and uh, it was a senior camp and I didn't know it. And they had me run the 40, do all the jumping and then I remember there was this highly touted linebacker and we were doing tackling drills and you know, you get in tackling drills and you see the people, okay, see him, one, two, three, okay, hey, you can go ahead. I was like, hey man, I'm from Kingfisher, put me up in there. So I get up there and, uh, you know, I, made, I, I gave him that work. And uh, I remember Kenyatta Wright, who's one of my role models and mentors, he said, Coach, we got a live one here. And, um, and then I remember walking off the field to go talk to my linebacker coach from Kingfisher. And uh, uh, one of the, Bill Clay walked up to me and said, Hey, hey, son, come here. I said, Yeah. I was like, Man, what did I do wrong? And uh, he says, Where are you from? I said, I'm from Kingfisher. He said, What grade are you in? I said, I'm a sophomore. He said, what? You know, this is a senior camp. I said, no, my coach just brought me in, so I came. And <laughs> after that, you know, then they went and talked to my coach. And, okay. you know, usually they me to, he took me to McDonald's, but for whatever reason, this time he took me to Eskimo Joe's. So I was like, oh, I must have did something oh, good. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now take us to your uh, University of Oklahoma days. So what, what was so challenging at that time in your life and career that you thought about leaving the University of Oklahoma? Well, I think you look at, there's a certain vision and 
what you think is going to happen when you get to college, especially as athletics. And when it wasn't adding up, I couldn't see all the work that I had put in, and I thought I was just going to slide into this position and be this guy. And so you didn't start right away when you Oh, went. no. Okay. okay. Oh, no. I didn't start till my, till my third year. And um, there was a guy named Jerry Smith, and, uh, you know, I had to pray for him every day. And uh, ask for forgiveness sometimes. Because uh, Jerry Smith, for whatever reason, he saw something in me. And um, he used to just, he was just on me. And, you know, at, when I got to Oklahoma, uh, I had a cramping problem. And I would have severe cramps. And they did a test on me. And I found out that I have sickle cell. And uh, it was really challenging because when, as an athlete, when sickle cell becomes... It, uh, when you overexert yourself is when it kicks in. So it starts off with cramps, and uh, we would be in the middle of the heat of the day, and then of course, during workouts, I would cramp up. And so Smitty thought I was faking, so he would kick me out and make me come do the workout all over again. And that happened every single day, and it was just physically and mentally, you know, I'm like, man, who am I? And like I was far from Christ and it was just, a, it was just so terrible and uh, I didn't want to let anybody down. I felt like I was letting everybody down. So it was your junior year. So you're, you're, you're freshman, you're sophomore. You didn't, you didn't, you, you hardly got on the field at all. I was special teams. Special teams. All right. All right. And so your junior year, when you, you started your junior year and what kind of season did you have? And was it at that point that you started getting thoughts about NFL or, or, or hearing even co college coaches saying, we think Curtis might go to the next level. Was it that your junior year when that started to happen? So my junior year was like the biggest opportunity. I said, hey, whenever I get my chance, I'm making the best of it. And I was ready. I, my, Coach Venables had me meeting after meeting. I know the defense inside and out. And when that season came, uh, I remember at the beginning of the year, we, had, we were playing Miami. And uh, I was, I took every single rep and I was exhausted. And Coach Venable said, hey, I don't want you to run. And uh, we get to, and he's like, hey, just check in with Smitty and tell him that I didn't want you to run. And so I go tell Smitty, I said, hey, I'm not on, Coach told me not to run. And so I get over to him. He's like, oh, you think Miami cares if we're on a, if, we're on a, if you're cramping up and you're tired? And I was like, okay, Lord, don't do it. Don't let me get him. <laughs> don't let me get him. And, uh, and it was at that moment, something just snapped to me and I said, hey, you know, I don't care anything about what you've done to me, what you said to me, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna be an All-American, I'm gonna go to the NFL without you. And it was in that moment that it propelled me into where I was gonna go. I had my mind locked. And throughout that, my junior year, every single game, I impacted, impacted every single game. And midway through the season, everyone started asking, Curtis, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to the NFL? What are you going to do? Are you going to stay? What's going on? And I'll say, I don't know. I never, I wasn't even thinking about that because it was my first year actually playing. And I was focused on school and, you know, having backup plan is get my education. I was going to go coach. And um, at the end of that year, uh, I had a great year. I became defensive player of the year. I was a consensus All-American. And I had all these accolades. And uh, I remember going to my girlfriend Jenny's. Uh, mother's house just to get away because I had agents call me, financial advisors, everyone, coaches. And um, in that moment, 
you know, it's funny, like, you're far from God, but when you need something, you pray. <laughs> and so I, be, I began to pray, and, uh, and I felt like God said, hey, it's time. And so I went ahead and entered into the draft and became the 37th pick uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. The 37th pick to the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. I didn't realize that you, you played, started one year, and then went from there to the Atlanta Falcons. And when you got to Atlanta, did you start there? Or what, were you, uh, uh, did you have to work your way into a starting position? Well, I had to work my way, work my way into a position. When you're drafted high, it's like, hey, we didn't draft you high not to play you. So unless you're just a bum, then you, you know, you're on a play. But, you know, it was, I had to do special teams and do all these other things. And it took a while to become a middle linebacker in the NFL, to be a leader. Mm. And I was 21 years old, and I, was, I think I was the third youngest player in the NFL when I came in. Wow. I, I love hearing this. I didn't know all of this, y'all, so I'm intrigued. If you're not intrigued, I'm intrigued by hearing the man's story. It's good. So, so tell us, so you, you got to uh, college. You drifted away from God. Um, you doing some things that even shocked you that you were doing. What was it, Curtis? Was it college? Was it NFL? What got you back on track? What made you rededicate your life to Christ? What was the rock bottom moment? What was kind of, give us your story of, of man, you, 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 you high school, you knew about the Lord, grandma taking you to church, you go to college, you fall away, you're doing your own thing. Now you're in the NFL, you're making money, fame, fortune. And man, what was it that, that, that got you to go, man, I need Jesus? Well, you know, in, in my life, you know, I, I finally said, I, I can't stand on my grandma's faith. I can't stand on my uncle's faith. I need my own faith. And when you look at yourself in the mirror and you realize, man, I'm, I'm not happy. And hold, hold on, hold on real quick. I want you to elaborate a little bit more. Fame, fortune, money, but that doesn't make you happy? No. And that's where I was going. Okay. <laughs> hey, just in case he wasn't. <laughs> and I felt that, okay, if I, if I get, if I, if I can make a million dollars, man, I'm gonna be happy. I'll be able to take care of a lot of things. Okay, I made a million dollars. If I can make five, that'd make me happy. If I can make 10, that made me happy. No, I was not happy. And so I'm looking at myself in the mirror, realizing that there's something missing. I had everything that I wanted. I could buy anything that I wanted, but what was it? And so I remember I was in New Orleans and I was driving by this sign and it said, Celebration Church is great for kids. I remember thinking, oh man, well I'm a big kid, so it'd be cool for me to go in there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and it was, it's just like anything else in my life. When I got into a difficult situation, I picked God up. God, let me, get me out of this situation. I'll never do it again. And I would get out of that situation, but I would forget. Or if I did something wrong, I would, okay, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go give some money to the church. And I thought all that was, but no, it didn't do it. And so I'm in, I'm in this church and, you know, I kept feeling like this tug on my heart and I kept fighting it. I'm like, God, huh? no, I ain't. no, I'm not going to do that. And um, I remember after 
uh, church, this pastor, Pastor Manley came up to me and he said, hey, hey, I know, you, I know you're new to town. How about we go and uh, have lunch? I looked at him, I'm like, man, you're a pastor. I ain't got nothing in common with you. What you wanna go to lunch with me for? And I said, okay, I'll go to lunch with you. And then when we were heading to lunch, in my mind, I was thinking, I said, well, if he asked me to pay, I ain't going, I won't ever go again. <laughs> you know, I'm pay- <laughs> And, uh, you know, I get there, I ordered, I ordered all this food. I probably wasn't even gonna eat it, I was just testing. And, uh, and the Lord says, test me, you know. And uh, <laughs> he went ahead and he paid for my meal and, uh, you know, and it was in those conversations I began to have with him. My heart was so hard and I knew the scripture and I could tell you the scripture inside and out and I could use it and I could justify whatever and rationalize everything I was doing. But it seemed like every time we meet, like my heart just, he started chipping at me, chipping at me and chipping at me. And I remember it was on every Tuesday in the NFL is our off day. And so I will meet him for, for two hours. And uh, eventually, I remember it was about towards the end of the first year of meeting with him, and he began to point, you know, he began to point some things out and began to challenge me. And uh, I'm very competitive, so if you challenge me, then hey, you know, I'm ready to go. And, uh, and in those moments, God just began to speak to me. And uh, I remember just, I was riding in my car, I was so conflicted because I wanted to do this, but I started feeling convicted. And I remember just crying out, Lord, if you are who you say you are, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of being in pain, I want you. I want you in my life. And in that instant, I felt peace. And uh, it changed everything about me. And um, all of a sudden, um, you know, the things that I was doing and the things that, you know, I was doing with people, I had to stop talking how I was talking. I stopped hanging out with those people. And it was funny because some of my teammates, I was like, hey man, I'm really not about that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian now. And it was like, Christian, you, I thought you was a Christian before, what, what's different? <laughs> and so I had to realize that what I had before was religion. Now I had a relationship with God. Wow. I walked with him, he talked to me, he comforted me. And when those guys that I was hanging with, oh, they'd be talking, oh, here comes Curtis, we can't say that. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, you know, and it, it, it hurt me. And so I was like, all right, you know, hey. and I'm like, God, like, you know, when you, I felt like when you, when you come to God, everything's gonna be rainbows. He's gonna put this, he's gonna put this protection around you. But no, it seemed like my life got harder. It got worse. And I hurt my ankle. And, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, those guys that didn't want to talk to me, I knew that defense better than anybody. So then they started coming and talk. Hey, Curtis, can you help me with this? I'm good, man. I'm good. And then all of a sudden, their wives, their girlfriends started talking to, talking to my girlfriend at the time. Man, there's something different about Curtis. Like, y'all just seem happier. Like, what is it? And he just began to use me and mold me, and then all of a sudden, I like to say there's, there's 66 books in the Bible, but there's really 67. And the 67th one is you. Because people may not read their Bible. They may not look at, they may not go to church, but they look at you and, 
and you have the right things and are preparing the right, are showing the right fruit, they want that. And eventually, the guys didn't want to spend time with me and didn't want to look at me and I was embarrassment to them. Next thing you know, they started asking me questions. Curtis, when you found God, what did it feel like? Like, how do I get there? Can you help me? And it just really just changed everything. And, you know, I don't know if my wife's here, but she'd be, she thanks Jesus every day that he came and found me because <laughs> we wouldn't be married if that wasn't the case, you know? Man, man, I, I've, a couple things I just want to say. Number one, I love the fact that Curtis in New Orleans went to a church just like he was. I mean, that's what church should be. You come just like you are. You come just like you are and meet God right, right where you are. Curtis, before I, I, I journey more to your spiritual journey, I have to ask you an NFL question because 99.999% of us never have played in the NFL. What, what's the, what is something that we wouldn't know that's just the most challenging thing for you in the NFL? We wouldn't know it, but it's just, man, this was, it's challenging. It's, it's hard. The NFL, this part of the NFL is just so challenging for us as players. What, what would that be for, for you? A lot of it. You know, when, uh, when I retired, I thought I broke out of a cage. I didn't know what to do with myself. But just a few things. In the NFL, you think you just show up on Sunday and play. No, there's a whole week. Our week starts on Monday at 6 a.m. You got to go work out. You got weights. You got meetings. You got to know. You got to have, you know, you have leadership counsel. You know, you have those. You got to talk to the coaches. And... You know, for me, one of the most difficult things was I've had 13 surgeries. Where, 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 where have your surgeries been, Curtis? I don't know if you guys can see my pinky finger, but mm. that one was the worst. But I've had my wrist reconstructed. I had four knee surgeries on my, on my left knee, three on my right. So every off-season surgery? Every off-season. I've had my bicep repaired. I've had my, my shoulder repaired. I had my ankle repaired and microfracture and scope on it. And, uh, you know, I played, I never missed a game in my career. And, but at the same time, I was so dedicated to the game and to my teammates. And, you know, I never want to let anybody down. And so, but one of the most interesting things is you have to be at a certain weight, too, when you're in the NFL. Hmm. So if you're a pound under your weight or a pound over your weight, that's $1,500. So... They got, I'm gonna stick to preaching, y'all. It just, I'm just. <laughs> so they got great Weight Watchers, <laughs> and um, you know it's just every single week and every single you got to be locked in, hmm. and you know you can have a bad player here, but you can't just go out and just bomb. And especially being a middle linebacker, you know, being the quarterback of the defense, it was my job to get everyone in the right position and to guide them and. You know, it was very difficult and stressful every single week. Wow. Man, uh, hey, some of y'all might need to go to the NFL. We can help you with your weight. Come on, somebody. <laughs> some of you trying to pick up weight, somebody trying to lose weight, they'll do it all for you. Curtis, I, I want you to speak to our hearts for a few moments. Um, something I like to ask people in your position that have uh, given their life to Jesus. And it's been a joy getting to know you and Jenny and uh, to be able to talk and we may be able to hang out some. And I get to see your heart and your passion for Jesus and uh, your love for the Lord. 
um, and, and in the wisdom that God's given you. And I would love for you uh, just to take three minutes or so, Curtis, and share with the church what one piece of wisdom, what one piece of advice could you share with us from your journey uh, and what God's done in your life that can encourage us uh, in our life, in our journey with Christ? Well, for me, you know, I went from wanting to be famous to now I want to be faithful. Mm. I don't just, and I want God to look at me. If there's anything in me that's not like him, to take it out. And you have to be careful when you pray that and you ask that because, you know, God will do it. <laughs> and, you know, I realize that, you know, sometimes when we come to God that we want all the blessings, but none of the testings. And sometimes the testings in our life, God uses them to mold us and to shape us for his purpose. And some of the things that we go through, it's not even about us. It's about someone else that's looking at us and seeing God working in our lives and that's changing us. And so suffer well. Suffer well. Suffer well and use that. Yeah. Come on, church. We all go through trials and tribulation, but with Jesus, we can suffer well. A people's church at all of our locations, would you put your hands together? And would you think, not just a linebacker, OU star, not just NFL star, but a man of God and a star for the kingdom of God. Would you put your hands together and thank Curtis Lofton. Thank you, Curtis. Come on, put it up. Put it together for Curtis.